Welcome to Your Best Riding Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Riders Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring you trips. Each week <laughs> I bring you trips. I love that. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so very glad that you're listening in today. Today we're going to be looking at video content for writers. My industry expert, I'm so glad that she's here, you're going to love her, is Barb Roos. Barb is a literary agent for Books and Such Literary Management, a speaker, author who is passionate about teaching women to live beautifully strong and cure and courageous so that they experience God's great adventure of faith and purpose for their lives. She's the proud emptiness mom of three, and whenever possible, Barb prefers to eat dessert first. There's got to be a story there. Barb, it is so good to have you here on your best writing life. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Oh, Linda, I'm so glad we get to have this conversation together and everyone listening. We're going to have some fun together. We are going to have some fun. Well, the first thing I like to do for fun, especially with our first time guests, is I like to take a peek behind the personal curtain, if you will. So, Barb, could you share something about yourself that maybe we might not read in your bio? Well, I, I could share a lot of things. Like I got a lot of crazy online dating stories. I got a lot of look, just great recipes. But honestly, my my bio gives for me something fun that I love for people to know. It's legit. I do believe in eating dessert first. Totally. Goes everything against my mama told me, and I'm okay with that. Okay, so literally, that's not just in your bio to be kind of a fun little thing. You literally eat dessert first? I am straight serious about that. And do you want to know why, Linda? This could be oh. a game changer for you and everyone. Okay, I'm I'm waiting because I'm like, I take my friend Barb seriously here. So give it to us. Here is, here's the 411. When we're out to eat, so I don't keep dessert in my home. That's just a decision I made, boundaries, all that thing. So when I'm out to eat, I give myself permission to enjoy the experience, especially if I'm with friends. And when the server comes after I've had a good meal and they say, would you like dessert? Especially if they have the platter with all the gorgeous desserts, there's oh, yeah. a sadness that rises up in me when I see all of those desserts that I will not be able to taste. And so Linda, I solved that problem by just ordering dessert up front. So when it comes with my meal, I have a bite of dessert and then I have a bite of my meal and then I have a bite of my dessert and then I have a bite of my meal. Problem solved. What do you think? Okay. Oh, oh, this is such a game changer because I am going to do that. The next time I'm either out with Sam or without, without with some of my friends, I'm going to say, Show me, please, that dessert menu, and I'm going to take a look, and I'm going to order the dessert first. And when I do that, I'm going to take a picture of it, and I'm going to send it to you. And I'm going to say, Barb, I ordered dessert first, and it's delicious. I love that idea because you're absolutely right. If we wait till the end, because I don't have dessert items here at my house as well, and waiting till the end 
there might be something that you want. You know, I, I am, let me tell you, if someone says that their restaurant makes their key lime pie from scratch, Ooh. then I'm like, oh man, yes, I have to try it. Yes. But it has like the whipped cream on it and all of this. And I'm like, Taking that home in a to-go doesn't work as well as if I was taking home part of a steak or something that I could right. reheat or do something with, right? Yes, you, yes. Like whipped cream, ice cream, a la mode, like none of that transports home well. And frankly, let's be honest, our stomach does not necessarily care about the order of events. Now, we, <laughs> really, now there should be wisdom. I am generally a, a, a really healthy eater. So we definitely want to make sure that we, like, we're using some wisdom around it and filling up on what's nourishing. But I only go out to a fancy dinner every few weeks. So this is definitely something that's an exception in my life and not the rule. And for that, I'm going to make sure I get dessert first. I'm glad you're on board, Linda. Yay. <laughs> that means we could do dinner together. We could. And you know what? We would, honey, you and I could figure out how to do dessert before and after. <laughs> We'd be bookend deserters. This would be really good here. All right. This has been a lot of fun. Let's jump into the content for today. And folks, what we're looking at, and this is something, please, you've got to mark this. You're going to want to come back. Actually, we're going to give you, uh, we're going to give you the means to be able to get more details about the content that Barbara is sharing with you today, because we really need to be doing this. We need to be utilizing video content as writers, especially Christian writers today, because everyone else is using it. So fear has got to be gone, but we're going to address a lot of that, okay? We're looking at video content, and right now, it is the highest engaging content out there. Isn't that what you're telling us, Barb? Absolutely. Video content right now is, that is the primary popular way that people are communicating with each other online. Uh, Linda, did you know what the number one search engine on the whole internet is right now? Well, I've got to tell you because this is kind of my area. I like the techie stuff. I like the online stuff and not everyone, maybe not everyone would consider this a search engine, but I know that TikTok is really big and I know that TikTok is a search engine. So I'm going to, I'm going to opt in for that one. Do I, do I get a ribbon or anything? Uh, you get a ribbon, the gold medal, you get the cherry on top. Yes, TikTok. And we're not going to talk specifically about TikTok today, but it casts a vision for all of us that video content isn't just about watching video, but it is actually about the content itself that people want to see as a way of absorbing, learning, connecting, growing, feeling, that video content is now meeting all of those ways for us to interact as humans. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's go into this. Why is it so popular? Because you say it's meeting the needs. What is, what is causing that popularity? Did it have something to do with what we've gone through, like with the pandemic and stuff like that? I think that it, that the pandemic accelerated, but more than anything, video content, it is a way of building trust and connection uh, for mm. 
these, particularly these days, when we have so much written media out there, uh, that nonverbal communication piece, uh, what is it, 70 to 80% of our communication is nonverbal. So right. when somebody sees a video, they're able to look into the eyes of the person who's communicating with them. They can see their mannerisms. They can see their smile. They can find ways to connect. And so the bigger and the more complex our world is, I think there's something inside of all of us that we're still searching for who we want to trust, who we can connect mm. with, who we can interact with. Mm. This is truth. This is truth. And I am that way. You know, if I'm just utilizing words, like if I text, well, gosh, that's just, a, it's a flat form of communication. And my goodness, if we're not using emojis or something, then we are, we can take a lot of what someone says exactly the wrong way. And then we're into apologizing and going back and forth with this. Whereas if I can see an engaging video, then I'm, I'm captured in that moment. And if it's something that's going to make me smile, if it's something that's going to fill a need, if it's something that even for me, I just need some, you know, I don't want to use my brain. I don't want to use my thinker. I just want to be entertained. Then I can go to that. So this is, this is big. And this is something that every writer needs to say, I am willing. And I'm going to ask you folks, Ask right now, just start start saying, Lord, help me to be willing. Help me to be willing. Help give me something that's going to allow me to turn the corner so that video is not going to be a fear place for me. So and talking about that, why why are our authors so hesitant to use video? So many reasons, and I'm so glad you asked this question, because that gets at the heart of this conversation. There is, There are some practical things we're going to talk about when it comes to constructing video, but most of the battle for writers, it, it's very, very internal. So I, I, there are three I's, and I love the fact that it just worked out to use I because they, they really are self-focused. And as we go, as I share these three eyes, what I want to say to the listeners, if you're out there today and your, your heart is beating a little faster, or right now you just kind of feel this creeping sense of defeat because it's just video feels so hard, uh, just walk with us through this journey. Mm, you don't need to yes. worry yet about how it's going to apply to your life. Just absorb the journey right now. Um, the first eye is intimidating. One of the primary reasons that writers especially avoid video is that um, we already feel like we're putting ourselves out there in our words. And mm. it feels like an even greater level of self-exposure when we're taking our words and we're putting ourselves on video. It feels kind of like a double vulnerability whammy. And as a writer myself, I, I absolutely understand that dynamic. And so the intimidation does feel real. The second is isolating. Uh, not only are we putting ourselves out there, but we're not getting immediate feedback on video. And so it's, do I look okay? Do I sound okay? Is what I'm saying make sense? So the isolation of creating video, uh, that really can undermine someone's confidence. And then finally, ignorance. And I'm using that word in the most positive, pure definition of just not knowing what to do. And 
it's one of the very first things that I share whenever I'm uh, talking with an audience about how to do video is that your best content is already done. That you, mm. that it's one thing to work on the mechanics of setting up your camera and good lighting and all those things. But when it comes to actually what to say, your best content is already done. I coach individuals to look back at their blog posts, to look at their social media posts and make a list of the 10 items that had the most engagement or the most comments or that you get the most emails on. That's content that you can look at a camera and put that content on video. You work smarter, not harder. You don't have to invent the wheel. So those are the three areas, and we'll get into what some practical tips look like. But um, as you hear those, Linda, intimidating, isolating, ignorance, do those all make sense? Oh, I will tell you, they absolutely do. I have a few clients that I work with as well. And I guess because my background is in theater, my background is in radio, so I've been using my voice, my face, and all of this for many, many years. And someone will say, I just don't know how you can just get up there and do that. You're never nervous. You're never, you don't have any anxiety. And I go, oh, no, there's, there's times I'm very nervous. They go, well, but you don't show it. And you touched on it, Barb. We can figure out what mechanics we need to use, as you said. The isolating is really big, especially for those of us that have been Zooming for the longest time. Now, I was a Zoomer before Zooming was in, but having that flat surface where you don't always get the feedback that you were talking about, you feel like you're alone in front of a screen having to give out this content. And it's very different if we have been used to speaking in front of large crowds because for me, I could see their posture changing. I'd move with them. But when we're doing video, what I'm projecting on my face is what I'm hoping that my audience is going to gravitate to right. from the other side. So that that is so real. And then when you said intimidating, girl, you know, we're intimidated because women, a lot of times because of our appearance. Yep. Um, I know you and I had talked, Barb, and you said that there was like internal and external internal intimidation factors. Could you touch on that for just a moment? What, what does that look like? Oh, I'm, and I'm so glad you brought that up. When it comes to video, we are looking in the camera and it's not, even before words come out of our mouth, it's our own self-perception of whatever, if we see um, I, in my very first book, uh, it was about essentially the exterior. And I always would say, if you give a woman 30 seconds in a mirror and she'll tell you everything that's wrong with her and mm -hmm. men will do the same thing. We will pick apart ourselves in the mirror and that translates to camera. So we have the video camera on before we ever say a word, we're looking at ourselves and we're like, well, our hair isn't right or our face isn't right. Or we feel like we look fat on camera. So all of those those internal factors are at play. And then the external, we're worried about how others are going to see us. And we don't want to look stupid on camera. We, we compare ourselves to how other people are doing on camera. We assume everyone else there, Linda, I have a, I posted it on Instagram a year or two ago. I had to do a two minute video for a speaking event. And what I did was, you know, when you do video after take after take, and so when you pull up your photos, you'll just see a grid. So I had this grid of 16 
um, essentially videos, none of which were the right one. And I screenshotted it. And so it just looked like this whole giant Brady Bunch grid of just me. And I posted it and said, it took me 20 takes for this two minute video. And the number of people who commented and said, Barb, thank you. We always thought mm -hmm. your videos were right on the first shot. And to which I was like, how in the world did people, how did they get that impression that when they, when I put a video online, that that was my first take? It's mm -hmm. never the first take. It's always the fifth or the eighth, the 12th. And on that one day, the 22nd tape. Now, Linda, that's me. Do you nail it on the first take? Maybe, maybe, maybe the problem is me. I'm right there with you. I perform with Storybook Theater of Texas, and we hear a phrase all the time, and I'm going to ask you to complete it, and the phrase is, practice makes... Well, so what? it should be perfect. But... Okay, but that's not what I say. Good, I'm glad. What I say is, practice makes better. I love that because perfect every time. Is, yeah. Perfect is just, that's too much, but practice, it's too much. It's too much, but practice does make better. And maybe the most freeing thing that someone can hear today is for you and I to say, no, even for those of us, I've spent much of my professional life in front of a camera. And mm -hmm. it's, it, it, first of all, it isn't important how many takes it takes to get it right. That's not important. The second is that what Linda said, practice makes better. That if you do a take over and over again, it's going to improve each time. And so please give yourself non-judgmental permission to, to do something. Just say, I'm going to record this 10 times. Even if the fifth time is great, you're going to record it 10 times or eight times because you want to get in the habit of being okay with practicing. Mm. And right, it, it takes away that defeatist concept. It really eliminates that fear pocket of, oh, for me to be, quote, professional, I have to be spot on. No, 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 no. Why do you think in movies they're like, take 427? I mean, no. Right. That's Practice right. makes better. Give. I love how you said that. Give yourself permission. Yes. And just plan on it. I'm going to do this at least 10 times. And what I have found for myself, Barb, is it relaxes my body. Yep. People don't realize that their shoulders get really tense when they're taking a video. They're looking at their face, but their shoulders tense up. Right. And th then they're like, oh, if when you've hit now number six and you're recording it, your shoulders start to loosen up. Now your posture becomes one that's inviting and not intimidating to other people. Exactly. So, oh, let's all do it, folks. You've got to be able to let us know as well. How many times did you give yourself to record that two or three minute video? How many times? Were you willing to say, I'm just going to do this again because I have the opportunity and I have the time. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Now on the internal and <laughs> what is that internal struggle of intimidation? 
that internal struggle is we're, we all live there. We're, we're looking in the mirror and we're judging ourselves before we turn on the camera. And from a spiritual perspective, this is a, this is a sacred space. And the mm. reason why it's sacred is because the work that we want to do, the work of connecting with people, and for many of us, it's going to be the work of sharing God's hope and mercy and grace. We have to be the ones who get in line and receive it first. Mm. And when we stand in the mirror and we judge ourselves for what, if there's gray hairs or if there are lines or if there's a sag or a bulge, we are not receiving the grace that we need. And so a prop, a, a popular suggestion that I always give in this area is to ask people for seven days to look in the mirror and smile at themselves for one minute each day. It's one minute and somebody goes, it's just a minute. It's going to be the longest minute in some of your life. <laughs> Uh, because I actually have people pull out their cell phones and, and flip their cameras around. And you would not believe the number of people who can only look at themselves for two or three seconds. And the baggage of the past, whatever their insecurities are, they can only look at themselves for a few seconds. It's going to be hard to do a video if you do not see yourself as God sees you. So that one minute you get used to looking at yourself. You get used to smiling at yourself. You get used to appreciating the, 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 the place that God has put you, which is someone who's going to share his hope with others. Does that make sense, Linda? Oh, so good. So good. I have a Bible study that I wrote. It's based on the book of James, and it's called Loving the Me God Sees. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest struggle when you know, just so many things happening in my life and the lives of friends. And when I was like, you know, Father, you say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love others as yourself. And I said, Father, I said, the struggle is there's so many women who don't love themselves. Yes. And the yeah. aspect of loving me the way God sees me is big, so big. I'm, I'm so glad that that's something that you're teaching. And there's one portion in the study where I actually ask the reader to do what you're asking us to do. And I said, look in the mirror, pull out a mirror. And what are the words that come to your mind when you see yourself? And that really is, it's a hard hitting place because if we share it, it's what you said, almost all of them are negative. Yep. And then understanding and identifying how God sees us and truly the Holy Spirit is your makeup artist. Mm, preach that. Preach that. Go ahead. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Because when you start sharing from your heart, when you start sharing the message that God has placed on you and you're vulnerable in front of that camera and you are sharing, you know what the Holy Spirit is doing in the hearts and minds and eyes of those that are viewing you. There is no fat. There is none. There's, right. The wrinkles disappear. That's right. What he is doing is he is just allowing them to receive that message. And so it's not our job to, to worry about that. I mean, do the best that you can with what you got and, you know, take a shower. I mean, that's it always good because it makes yep. you feel good, right? Yes, but yes. don't take the worry to the public. Yeah. Just know, Holy Spirit, you have got this. And whatever he brushes, 
I will tell you that there's not one human makeup artist that can allow people to see truth in you the way the Holy Spirit does. And that's what I believe we need to gravitate to. That's a good word. So you're, you're, bringing us, you're bringing us good stuff here, Barb. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I just want to tag on. I'm so glad that you shared that with the reader or with the listener, because we don't want, friends, if you're listening, we don't want this part to keep you from being the light of Jesus. If particularly if you're trying to build your platform and you're trying to connect with an audience, video is one of the most effective ways. If you, um, the statistics tell us that the more video that you have on your website, the longer that people will stay on your website. And so you're all working toward something. And this could be the breakthrough that some of you need by creating video, by having those three to four minute snippets on your website, connecting with your audience or on social media. So what we're sharing here is is maybe for some of you, this is going to be the spiritual breakthrough that you need for the future. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as we're looking at practical aspects of video, would you share with us what you consider the most popular types of videos that authors can use to connect or even build their audience? Because maybe they're like, hey, I'm just starting out and I want to build an audience. What different types of videos would you suggest? I love this question. And then I also have a couple practical tips on how to get started. But there's two very popular types of videos. The first and the number one most popular is the instructional video. It's the how-to. There is the link that uh, Linda is graciously providing in the show notes is to a blog post that I wrote for my literary agency, Books and Such. And that is uh, 10 Ideas and Solutions to Create Captivating Video Content. And there's a link there to a video that I did on a day I was making soup. And I ran into a poblano pepper. And let's just say that that instructional video went a completely different, different way. But it also ended up getting incredible amounts of engagement because, well, my instructional video went wrong. But as a positive, if you are a novelist, and you have a character who has a hobby. Maybe your character loves to cook. Uh, Maybe your character is a musician. Maybe your character loves to garden. You can create some fun instructional videos showing how how to do something like that because you're already doing the research anyways. And so instead of buy my book or this is the book I'm working on, you can be showing the audience, hey, how to transplant or how to snip off little bits of plants and and go, hey, by the way, I love gardening and I've been writing this character and they love gardening and blah, blah, blah. Uh, That's a wonderful way to incorporate it if you're a novelist. And if you are a nonfiction author, uh, if you, whatever it is that you're doing, um, for me, I one of my books is on anxiety and worry. And so I have videos where I walk people through some of the tools and techniques that I share in my book. And so I actually lift that content out of my book and simply share it on video. So if you're a novelist and you've got prescriptive uh, help that you want to give people, or maybe it's a Bible verse that you've been reading, those are all types of content that you can do as a how-to for others. 
So um, that is one way, instructional. And then the second is simply story time. This is mm-hmm. where if you are a novelist and you've got a novella, pick out a three-minute stretch of the spiciest part of the novella. And if people want to read the whole novella, that's a great lead magnet idea. You can put a link on the video and people can go drop in their email address and get the rest of the novella. If you are a published author, you can pick a couple of minute segment. I've got a devotional. And so I will, it takes three minutes, 45 seconds to read each devotional. So I will pick a devotional every few months and I will read it. And then I'll ask a couple of questions at the end and engage an audience. So informational videos and instructional videos are two ways that people really love connecting with you on video. And this is good. I like that. The inspirational, you've got the story time. And if someone is wanting to create these videos and they're not really sure how to go about getting getting like content or background, because there's things that you can do. Maybe you have an audio and you don't have a background for it to make it a video. There's different programs that are out there. You have Canva that you can go pick a moving background, put your vocal to it, and it becomes a video. So that works as well. For people who, like me, I do a lot of video content, but sometimes I'm tired of seeing myself. So I will grab a two-minute snippet from a podcast interview, and I will take that two-minute snippet of me talking, and then I'll go to Canva, and then I will pick a representative background. So if I'm talking about victory over control issues, I'm going to pick something about like a woman who's running with her arms up in the air for victory, or if I'm talking about whatever. And so I can combine my voice from a podcast with video. So for everyone out there, if you've done an interview and you go, well, how do I, how do I make that fresh again? You can chop it up into snippets and combine some, some background video or you can, in, or any other image, and that can work as fresh content as well. That's what we want to encourage you with. You said it right at the beginning, Barb. If you're a writer, if you're out there, you already have the content. So how can we take the content, repurpose the content, and use the knowledge that you already have? Because God's blessed you with it. You've got it. Now we're just going to put it in a video format where others can benefit from it in a more personable way instead of it being flat on on the paper. Now, what about holiday videos? Is there anything you'd suggest with that? Well, there's lots and lots of opportunities with holiday videos. Um, what are some of your, what, like as you're thinking through, what are some of the ones that stand out for you? Okay, well, because I happen to have a book called Linked for Couples, and this is personality you know, content for couples, I happen to like Valentine's Day. I think that's a great time to be able to tie in what we have. Uh, my co-author is Linda Gilden. And so what we have in Link for Couples, that's a perfect segue to use during Valentine's or Valentine's season. That is, those are some ways to, again, leverage. One of the things I share is for writers, go through your phone and you've got videos that you've taken in your phone. So if there are holiday videos that can connect to the theme of whatever you're writing about, 
you can share those videos as a tie-in to whatever your audience is how your audience connects with you. So Linda was talking about Valentine's Day. So she can, if there's clips of her and her husband and they're dancing under the stars and so they can tie that in. If it is a parenting book and you've got great video of you and your family on vacation or a really weird and awkward moment around the dinner table that would be fun that everybody is okay with you sharing. So there, there are some special occasion kind of videos that you already have in your phone. And it's a matter of clipping them down. You wanna make sure that you don't have video content that's too long. Uh, you want it to be maybe 30 seconds in some places, a minute in another, but then message it well so that it connects with your audience and reminds them of what your brand is that you represent with them. So much, this is so great. Oof, I'm so excited about what you've brought today. All right, now, what about, I know that you have for us two best practices a writer can use to just really level up any video that they have. What are those? All right, so the blog post that's in the show notes has many more best practices, but okay. I'm going to share the two that um, I, I prioritize. The first is good lighting. Uh, as much as I can, I record all of my videos right in front of a window. Now, I have a ton of lighting in my office because that's not always possible, especially since I live in Ohio. But generally, this morning I did an Instagram story video and I plopped myself right in front of my giant living room window because that natural lighting is the best lighting for everyone. You will look fabulous in that natural light. So that's my very first thing. And then the second thing is if you need to rehearse for social media video, you can set up a secret Facebook page and you don't have to name it for anything other than what you want to name it. You can call it your name test page. And there you can practice on that private secret page going live. And then, and if you would like, what I suggest is to invite two or three or four trusted voices, send them the link and go, hey, at three o'clock, I'm going to practice going live. Can you show up at that time in the comments, be there, uh, offer me suggestions? So you get the pressure of, of knowing that somebody is watching, but it's not out there. You can run through your entire whatever in that secret Facebook Live page. And you can use it as often as you want and no one ever has to know about it. Well, then how do you create a secret Facebook page? Is it called secret or is it a private one? Or you go into how, Facebook. How do you make that? You go into Facebook and under the settings or somewhere in there, you can create a page or you can, well, actually create a group. I think it'd probably be better to create a group. And in the settings, it will ask you, do you want it to be public, private, or unlisted? And so I have a secret page that's out there. And so mine is private and unlisted. I am the only person that knows how to find it. It's not searchable from anyone on the internet. I still have my professional author page uh, at Barbara Roos, but that secret page is where I get to test things out to see how they look before I do it on my live page. Oh, that's so good. You, you gave us some good stuff right there. I love it. Okay, and then here's the last question dealing with uh, video for writers. 
how can a motivated yet yet hesitant author make one positive next step in converting their written content to video? This is it, Linda. What I would suggest, whether you're doing video now or later, is I would suggest grabbing a sheet of paper or pulling up a Word document or, or a notepad and writing down the top 10 engaging either blog posts, Facebook posts, or Instagram or Pinterest. Whatever one really seemed to, it got the most likes or the most comments and make that list so that when you are ready, that's the content that you're going to share in the video. You're going to pick one of them. And if it's a blog post, you're going to start by saying, hey, a while back, I shared this blog post with a group and it had so much, so much interaction and it, and it seemed to encourage others. Today, I want to read that blog post to you. And then you read that blog post. And then at the end of the blog post, you're going to say, oh, you know what? That was so much fun to read. I'd love to talk with you about it. In the comments, tell me, what, how were you encouraged in this post? So you're not just reading the content, but at the end, you're inviting people to join the conversation. And that's something essential you want to do whenever you're sharing video content. Give people a reason to join the conversation. Mm. All of this has been spectacular. And those of you that are not familiar with Barb Bruce, I'm, I'm really going to encourage you. There's a reason that she is so good at what she does. And it's because she works with individuals like you all the time. As a literary agent, what she offers to her clients, to her authors, is that word of encouragement, some how-tos that they may not know. And she is connected with books and such literary management. Would you share with us a little bit about books and such that you would like our listeners to know? Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I am a proud part of the Books and Such Literary Management Agency. I became a part of Books and Such as an author back in 2014. Uh, Rochelle Gardner was my literary agent before my first book came out, and I knew zero about publishing. One of the things that's been helpful for me is Books and Such has a robust blog, and there are hundreds upon hundreds of articles there. As an agency, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary in 2021. So there are lots of articles that have been published over the years to resource writers at every stage in their career. And then I joined the agenting team as a literary agent in 2020. And it was primarily because I love helping people be successful. So as a literary agent, I get a chance to work with hopeful and established authors, as well as uh, I want to be a part of Christian Publishing's commitment to increase the number of diverse voices in Christian mm. Publishing. And that is so needed. And I appreciate that greatly because we all need to be heard from everybody. God put us all here for a reason, and so we need diverse voices out there, especially in the Christian community. 
So thank you, thank you for that. Is there a last word that you have or anything else that you would like to talk about with our listeners? Well, I think as a final word of encouragement, it would be that uh, any next step that you take is celebrate that. It may be that you just take the next step of recording a video on your phone. And I, I, I say celebrate that. Uh, also know that there are people who are cheering for you and supporting you. And you will find out how many people that is when you put that first video up. So go ahead and take that risk. A verse I share regularly is, is uh, Joshua chapter one, verse nine, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And we can apply that to this challenge of incorporating more video. It does feel scary. It feels uncertain. It feels unknown. But God is with you in this, and he will continue to walk with you in this. Every step of the way. Every step of the way. Ooh, such a great word. Well, I have a question. Barb Roos, what brings you joy? So this is going to sound a little cheesy, but it is not cheesy. It is from the absolute um, center of my heart. Uh, it is always Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, like everyone else in life, uh, you know, I, I've just had to face the things in life that I didn't want to face. And uh, Jesus is life. He is hope. He is love. He is grace. And he is mercy. Yes, he is all of those things, all of those things. And to have Jesus overflow you is a powerful concept of joy. So good. Thank you. Thank you, Barb, for being here with us on your best writing life. Oh, Linda, thank you for this invitation. And I am so grateful that we had a chance to talk. And I hope that the conversation today brings much, much in the way of blessings for the listeners. I do as well. I do as well. And thank you, friends. Thank you for joining us. Please take a moment to share this podcast with another writer or two. And if you would, give us a star rating of some stars that are out there. That's kind of what the rating looks like. And then post an episode review. And if you would, hit subscribe. That way there's not one of these episodes that you'll ever miss. I greatly appreciate your feedback. I do. Because what you have to say matters as much as what you have to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on your best writing life.